If you are here and you are a graduate and we've invited you to come today, I want you guys to go ahead and come on forward. I'm going to ask Jacob Dupin, you go ahead and come on up too. Is Brady, Brady and Carrie, are you here? Is he here yet? Oh, yeah, they're there. Okay, good. What, Brady, you guys go on up to the microphone. Emma, why don't you come on up? Emma is uh, a couple years removed from high school graduation. And so I asked her if she could just share a few words of wisdom today, what she would want to share with you graduates. So we're excited you guys are here. So Emma, go ahead and share with us. I said a few, so I hope it's not too long. But. She's a girl. She does <laughs> few words. I don't think so. I got She's lots got to a- say. Okay. <laughs> uh, so when my dad asked me to say something this morning, um, I wanted, I started to think about like what I wanted to hear when I was in your guys' position two years ago. Um, uh, because it's someone that has gone through what you guys are about to experience, closing this chapter in your life and entering a new one, um, which is really exciting. And so I came up with this, um, don't compromise God's plan and purpose for your life for your own. Um, and that's something that's been on my heart a lot this past year. Um, cause I remember struggling with things like, what am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to go to school? Um, what am I going to major in? Uh, should I even stay close to home? Should I venture out? Should I even go to college? Should I just stay home so my parents can do my laundry for the rest of my life? You know, it, it'd be great, right? Um, but I did have a plan, and I thought I had it all planned out. I was going to go to Missouri State in Springfield. I was going to um, major in family, or child and family development. I was going to become an occupational therapist. I was going to be there for six years. It was going to be great. I was going to get married when I was 21. Like, you know, all these plans, you know. But... <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, um, but that whole plan, my first semester got thrown out the window. Like my life totally flipped around. Um, and I was so confused because I was like, I don't like it here. Why don't I? I thought I'm supposed to be here. Um, uh, things are going on with my family. My grandpa was really sick and I was like, I don't want to be away from home. So I was going home every weekend. I was like, this is not my, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I still want to be an occupational therapist, but I just wasn't I didn't feel like I was in the right place at the right time. Um, and I was so confused about that because I had prayed about it. Um, but then I realized that it was because I was only thinking about what I wanted and my plans for my life. Um, and it wasn't the desires that God had for me. Um, and there's a reason why that didn't work out is because God has so much more um, planned for our lives. And if we would just um, pray about that and focus on that first, then I can attest it's a hundred times better than what I imagined. Um, so I felt God was leading me to stay close to home. Um, and it ended up working out perfectly. I'm at Missouri Western. Um, I transferred there and the way that God has used me there is amazing. And I realized that that is what I was supposed to be doing um, the whole time. And so, um, I'm just going to read a verse. It's Romans eight twenty eight. Oh, man, I marked it, but okay. Uh, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Um, so this is my encouragement to you guys. I'm sorry, this is really long, but I just really want to like, tell you this. Um, don't lose sight of God's plan and purpose for your life because the future is exciting. There's new beginnings. There's uh, new friendships that you're going to meet, new successes, new experiences. Um, but your identity is not in those things. Like, even as much as you're like, oh, man, I'm going to go do all these things. That's going to be great. Your identity is found in Christ, and it's in Christ that he's the ultimate source of success. He's the ultimate source of dreams and joy and love and all the things that you're going to experience, um, and he longs to have a relationship with you. Um, 
so you don't compromise that eternal relationship for things that are temporary. Like these things are temporary. You don't have to go to college, um, but you want to because you have this plan, but God also has this plan for you. And as long as you are striving towards him and what he wants you to do, like it's all going to work out. Um, and so I'm just going to end with this. Ways to do that is to make him a priority. Um, find other believers in school and in your classes and on campus or even in just where you're living that are going to encourage you, um, going to challenge you. Um, and also this is a thing for their church too. Pray for us and encourage us because it is so easy to separate generations from us right now and we're this age um, and then you guys. But when we come together, it makes the church so much stronger and it's so cool watching you guys pour into us as us us serve you. Um, and so that's another thing that's important. Get connected. Don't do it alone. Um, and so I probably talked too long. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but I want to end with this is in Philippians 1, 9, and Paul is talking to the church and he's talking about how he's thankful for them and praying for them. Um, and so it's verse nine, chapter one, it says, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So that's just my prayer for you guys as you embark on this next journey. I'm so excited to see what you all do. I know a lot of you. And so, um, and I know that's our prayer too as a church. So don't compromise God's plan for your life for your own. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All I know, she's going to get married when she's 21. We, she better pick it up. She turns 21 in August. So, uh, Oh, yeah, okay, well, just wondering. Got to get her off the payroll. There you go. All right, go ahead, Carrie. So I've asked uh, Carrie and Brady Rogers. Uh, they have a graduate this year, and just to share some parental wisdom. Well, I don't really know how you I'll, follow that. Yeah, well... <laughs> Coming, I mean, it's awesome that, Emma, I'm just so excited to see where you're at in the Lord. It's awesome. And you just preached. And, <laughs> you know, really there's not much else that I can say. And I, I started out saying, first of all, I feel a bit set up because Brady knows that I am a crier. <laughs> and I don't know why he would ask me to speak, especially at a time when I do have a graduate myself. And it's our youngest. And so this is our last one, so we're getting ready to enter our new season ourselves. But anyway, um, I am thankful to have a pr the privilege to speak to you all today and um, just encourage you all. I've known a few of you all since you were teeny tiny, yeah. <laughs> and now you're all bigger than me by far, like everybody. Um, anyway, um, so there are many awesome scriptures that are referred to frequently during the graduation season that I am sure that you are familiar with. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And another one is Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed, as she was saying. You all have a calling on your life. But it's sometimes easy to get derailed by the outside influence, influences like Emma was talking about and by even setting low expectations through all sorts of excuses. But in Jeremiah 1, 6, 7, the Lord is talking to Jeremiah about the calling to preach that he has for Jeremiah's life. Yet Jeremiah responds back to the Lord and says, Oh, Lord God, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. And then the Lord said back to him, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. 
And when I heard that, I was just wondering, like, how old was Jeremiah actually when God was having this conversation and asking him, you know, um, to go and preach? And he was 17. They, that's about the age. And so you guys are within a year or so of that. And I just thought that was really awesome. So in, in life, uh, your life is in some ways just beginning. You are no longer used as we have known you, like small children. You will be having new freedoms and new experiences, and those will like, most likely lead you to new people. And some of those people will be people that the Lord will use to help continue you to grow. Yet I think that he is going to use all of you to help people come to Christ and grow in him. And how exciting and awesome for that. The other scripture about youth um, that I came across and is one of my favorites for graduates. Um, about 10 years ago, the Lord really placed this one on my heart, and, and it's 1 Timothy 4:12 through 16, and it says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for others in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and teaching. Do not neglect the gift which you were given to through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these things. Give yourself wholly to them so everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save yourself and others. Amen. 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 So I, wanna, I want to pray over these guys but not just pray, but to, as was the tradition in Israel, to pr pronounce blessing over them. I also believe that there's no one who can pronounce blessing over you in a more powerful spiritual way than your earthly father. Mm -hmm. And so I want to ask all the fathers of all the graduates to please come down here. If there's someone here who doesn't have a father, then I'm going to ask a few substitute fathers to step in. But I want to ask all the dads to please come down. Uh, quickly, we're going to present each one of them with a gift, and I'm going to ask uh, Jacob to come. Jacob is, um, him and his wife, they work with the youth on Wednesday nights, and it's been a really cool honor. I'm going to give this one. It's been a really cool honor to allow them to do that and then the, the awesome thing is is he's reached students that we don't even touch here at our church and he's reached them because of the connection through Northland Christian School and so I'm going to have him go real fast um, and just share quickly Brian
Well, this is Luke Rogers, and he belongs to Brady and Carrie. <clears throat> and we have had the pleasure of watching, literally watching this young man grow up. And he is as precious today as he was then. It's uh, so much potential, and there's so much that God wants to do in and through him. And his parents have prayed for him. And I think he's, and his dad, we just prayed not too long ago, that our kids would go do even more so than we've ever done. I mean, that's our, that's our desire as parents, that they would just supersede anything we've ever accomplished. And I know that's the plan God has for your life, my friend. So bless you, sir. Thank you. Let's see. This is my friend Chris. Chris, um, I, we've gotten to know him through his family, and I'm so excited that he's here today. And he, he said something to me I think was really powerful. He said, you know, when someone invites me to come, I will come. And that's just a, it's a, it's a gift for all of us as we look around us in our life and say, who, who can we bring in uh, to, to our community and into our life? And it's just a simple, hey, man, would you be willing to come? And so in these, in these books, I'll, I'll say something like, um, I pray that this book reminds you of where you've been, and then it will guide you to where you're going. And only God knows exactly where that's, where that's going to be but he's going to use you. He's a talented young man. He's gifted in lots of different ways, um, and that's just, that's just the surface that I've got to see in your life, but I know it's true, and so God's going to guide you, and I just pray that you'll let him. Bless you, man. <laughs> this is Bailey Waters, and Bailey, uh, from the very first day, I believe, right, the first day that we had church, she walked in the door, and I think it's always neat when there's a connection between uh, teachers and students and just and how people end up finding our church. And it's just really been encouraging. I got a chance to go to her graduation party yesterday and watching her love on my granddaughter 
like, not often. You know, my little granddaughter, she like, she goes, kiss, kiss, and she had to kiss Bailey before she left. So there's something special inside this young girl's heart, and God's got a purpose and a plan for you too, and this gift is the same. It's gonna remind you of where you've been, and it's gonna take you to where you're going. Bless you. And then last but uh, not least, this is Megan Cotman, and she, she came to us via um, another family. And once again, it's just a connection through someone else. And uh, there's, uh, there's a lot going on in this young girl's heart and mind <laughs> right now. And uh, she needs the body of Christ. You know, she needs you and me to encourage her and to walk with her. And uh, I know God's obviously going to lead you and guide you. And you've got, this is your home. You've always got a place to come back to. Um, it's not too far away from where you're going. So, <laughs> um, and like Emma was saying, find some others to get connected to and to walk with you. And uh, this, this Bible is unique, just like you, because it's the only one in the world that has your name on it and my signature in it. So, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> All right, let's give me, oh, wait, wait. Don, uh, real quick. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, man, we're going to get away without having to have a sermon today. No, it's still coming, all right? So just be patient. All right, one more word, and then we'll get ready to go. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. So last week, if you had the opportunity to be here, you, you heard an incredible message. We didn't even get to really unpack all of what Steve had to give us last week, but he was talking about the land between. And man, aren't these students in a land between right now? I mean, they're in a land between adolescence and adulthood. And now they've already been through a few of those land in-betweens, and your parents have walked with them. They, were, they went from grade school to middle school. Then they went from middle school to high school. Talk about a land in-between there. Like, man, what, what do I do now? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a freshman in high school. And now they're leaving high school to whatever is next for them. And your parents, you've weathered it with them, right? You've been there for them. You've encouraged them. You've, uh, there have been times when you wanted to <laughs> take them out of the world, even though you brought them into the world. <laughs> there have been times where it's been hard, and there's been times where it's been incredibly joyful. I had this conversation yesterday with Luke's grandpa, Carrie's dad, and he was talking about a different time and a different generation. You know, when he was 18 years old, his dad said, get ready, because when you turn 18 and you're done with high school, you're out, you're on your own. We don't live in that world too much anymore, and that sometimes is a little bit of a struggle, but there, the, the expectation back then was, is you're, now it's done, you're on, you're on your own, you've got to figure it out on your own. Um, and that was definitely a, a different time and a different place. I'm going to refer, uh, just quickly, for those of you, if this is your first time here, you haven't been here maybe for a while, I'm going to refer to the cross again. I'm going to use this cross as an illustration to talk about the, the vertical, our altitude, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord and his guidance in our life. And I'm going to talk about the horizontal, and that's going to be our attitude, okay? So if you're, fly, if you're a pilot, if you've ever flown before, there's an attitude based on the horizon, kind of making sure that you're, in a, you're flying straight, and you need to make sure you keep your attitude straight. So horizontal attitude, your vertical altitude. So this will give you some direction um, on how we navigate this land between. 
Now, students, I pray you're listening. This is a message not just for you, but for the rest of you. You can pick up something from this as well. So Luke chapter 10, starting verse 25. If you have your new copy of Scripture, you can flip open those new pages, crinkle them up a little bit, get to Luke chapter 10, starting verse 25. Behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test. He said, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, he said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. All right, But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him and the next day he took out two denarii which is two worth two days worth of wages two days worth of wages and gave them to the innkeeper saying take care of him whatever you spend I will repay you when I come back which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers and he said the one who showed mercy and Jesus said you go and do likewise did you ever get in trouble, students, when you were younger for having a bad attitude? You ever your parents say, man, you better adjust your attitude. I'm going to adjust it for you, all right? You ever heard that one? <laughs> yes, probably so. I, I, probably, I think I heard it one time when I was a kid because I was pretty, almost perfect when I was a kid, all right? Almost. Except for I had a problem with telling the truth, just like now. But anyway, um, your attitude probably started when you were two. That's when, that's when the attitudes start, all right? Maybe even a little bit younger. You know, you start seeing the, they start getting a little defiant, kind of want their own way, and those attitudes are developed. <clears throat> so who are the people in this story? Tell me, tell, listen to a little interactive stuff. Who are the characters in this story that I just shared? Just shout them out to me. There's a priest, okay? There are some robbers, a lawyer, expert in the law. The victim, a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, he was more than likely a Jewish man. All right, it's important for the story. Who else? Jesus, boom. Yeah, I had him at the top of the list. He's always at the top of the list. Jesus was there. And then uh, who else? The innkeeper, good. You guys are paying attention. Who else? One more. What? Yes, the Levite. That was... That was like the worship leader. No offense, Tony. All right. And then a Samaritan, right? He's kind of the, he's like the, the star of the show, the Samaritan. So you have these people. Now let's look at the attitudes of these characters. To the lawyer, the wounded man was a subject to discuss. To the robbers, he was someone to use and exploit. To the priest and Levite, he was a problem to be avoided. To the innkeeper, he was a customer to serve for a fee. And to the Samaritan, he was a human being worth being cared for and loved. And to Jesus, all of them and all of us were worth 
Jesus leaving heaven, coming to earth, taking on human flesh, taking the very nature of a servant, it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8, and then becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus had the ultimate land between experience. Think about it. Jesus, co-equal to God in heaven, comes to earth, takes on human flesh, and lives on this planet like you and I. And then, after he's crucified, rises again, ascends into heaven. Think about the land between heaven and him living on earth and then back to heaven. I mean, so when you're going through a difficult time, when things don't seem quite right, Jesus gets it. He's had that experience. He understands. Here's the deal. All of us, all of us have come in contact or will come in contact with someone just like the Samaritan man has, someone who has been broken, abused, abandoned, neglected, etc. So the question is, what will your attitude be, young people? What will your attitude be towards them? So in a sense, what will your approach be to these people that you come in contact with? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So Jesus models for us the approach that he wants us to have towards those that we come in contact with that are in need. It says, will you go um, and do likewise? That's what he tells him. He says, go and do likewise. But that's not always easy because it's messy sometimes. It's inconvenient. People who are messed up are inconvenient. I guarantee it, (laughs) they are. But here's the deal, when you learn to give, that's when you truly learn what it is to live. Now I have a lot of regrets from when I was younger. I have a lot of regrets for all the times that I took things for myself. And most of the time it was always at somebody else's expense. I took what I wanted, I did what I wanted to do. And just didn't really regard what the other person's interest was in it. A lot of regrets about that. But you know what? I have no regrets. None for when I have given my time and my resources to bless someone else. Not one. Well, okay. Except there was this one time I gave my wife's favorite hammer away to a single mom. Ain't nobody got time for that story because she's still mad at me about that, all right? But that was the only time that I felt any regret of giving and blessing somebody else. Here's a little side note. Just because you are serving and blessing others doesn't mean your life's going to be trouble-free. 2001, Brady and I went to Mexico on a mission trip. It was the first mission trip that I'd been on. Took students out of the country. And while we were there, Eliza was just three years old, or almost three. And uh, I got a phone call. And she had fallen and hit her head and split open her eye. My wife had just had back surgery not too long before that. She couldn't get down on the floor to take care of her. It was a a tragic event. It was the beginning of Eliza's head injury trauma. You know, she got like a history now of head injury trauma. It's so tragic that she cannot remember how to put her clothes away in her room. I... It's, it's a phenomenon. The doctors can't explain it. I don't know what it is. But <laughs> I was thinking to myself, though, by Christmas break, she's going to go off to college, by Christmas break, I'm sure my wife and I will be missing that sight in her room, at least to a certain extent. 
It might get so bad, we might go throw some clothes in her room just to make it feel like she's still there, all right? Maybe. <laughs> I ran into a mom yesterday, precious lady in our community, that in the last year or so, she's buried one son, and now she's getting ready to bury another son. She has been through cancer herself, and she's battling that. She's lost a brother. She's lost some other people in her family. She's gone through all of these things, and she's, this, this is her words to me yesterday. She said, you know, Brady, if it wasn't for my faith, I don't think I could get through it. So here's a woman who's faithful. She's been, she's been a, a, a godly woman. She, she ministered to our oldest daughter when she was just a little girl in a, in, in a daycare, and she's been so faithful all these years, and now she's lost two sons in a year. So don't think, well, just because, uh, and, and the reason why I told this story about Eliza, for one, is because there I was on a mission trip in Mexico serving the Lord, and I was frustrated with God for a while. I mean, I found myself weeping and crying out, God, why did you let this happen? I mean, God, here I am serving you. Isn't that like, isn't that like just um, a surefire way of keeping bad things from happening in your life? Obviously not. <laughs> Matter of fact, some of you might have found that as soon as you get truly excited and passionate about serving Jesus, man, all heck breaks loose. Jesus understands. In the land between, he understands because he experienced an even greater measure than any of us have ever experienced. So, this, this story about loving your neighbor, that's kind of like the horizontal, that that proper attitude approach that we must have. Now let's look at the vertical to determine our proper altitude, okay? So let's look at the, let's look at the next part of this, this, um, this passage, starting in verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she said, uh, or she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Isn't it amazing what Dawn just shared just a moment ago with these students about looking to Jesus? And she had no idea this was the passage of Scripture that I was going to preach this morning. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But... One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. So Martha and Mary both loved Jesus. There's no doubt about it. And they both were serving Jesus in their own way. The way Martha was serving with her hands wasn't wrong. I mean, it wasn't wrong that she was there serving and doing and being busy and whatever. But I think it was the attitude of her heart that was the issue. She felt like Mary's way of serving was inferior to hers. Now, we could be tempted to have the same attitude in our jobs. You may be thinking, here I am out here working away, and there she is, or there he is, and chatting it up with the boss. Seems like every time we turn around, they're in there talking, and I'm out here working. This is not fair. People are tempted to have that same attitude in church. People could say, I give, I give my 10%. I volunteer every time I have the opportunity. When we did the baby bottle drive for Parkville Women's Clinic, I took two baby bottles and filled them up in a week and brought them back. Therefore, like I'm entitled somehow to special privileges or whatever. 
And I'm not saying anybody's had that attitude, but that can happen. And we start trying to justify our own existence. And, and what happens is, is the, this is where the danger becomes, uh, and especially in church life, is we get too consumed by doing stuff for Jesus, and we neglect spending time with Jesus. But Brady, uh, didn't you just get through saying that we are supposed to go and do? Wasn't that like the last part of the Good Samaritan story? Go and do? Yes, absolutely. But before you go and do, you must learn to sit and be. Be present with him. Be real with him. Be vulnerable with him. Be available to what Jesus is saying, because that's what Mary was doing. Her altitude at that particular moment was, was as low as she could go. She was sitting at Jesus' feet. It was a posture of, of learning. It was like, here I am, I'm ready to learn. I love it where it says in verse 42 that Mary chose the good portion. They, they, they talk about in this passage of Scripture that both Mary and Martha chose to eat that day. They chose to dine, okay? And here's an illustration I hope you can wrap your mind around. Mary, or Martha in a sense, chose McDonald's. She, that's what she chose based on her attitude. But Mary, she picked the better portion. She picked the Capitol Grill. Have you ever, anybody ever been to the Capitol Grill in this room? If you've never been to the Capitol Grill, you should look it up online. Um, and the only reason your pastor and his wife went because someone gave us a gift card to go to the Capitol Grill. But it is different than McDonald's, let me tell you, all right? I mean, you take a drink of water, put your glass down, they're there to fill it back up again. You just have one person just to fill your water glass. I mean, it is service. Uh, it's, so, it's such great service, it feels awkward because, like, I'm not used to being treated this way. I'm used to going through the drive to McDonald's. But that's what Martha chose when she chose not to sit at Jesus' feet. And there are going to be many things that will distract you and pull you away from this one thing that the Bible says is necessary. Martha, Martha. Or maybe I should say Brady, Brady. Maybe the Lord is saying to me, your phone, Brady, is a huge distraction. Brady, your desire to please man over me is a huge distraction. And just for me personally, I could go on and on and on. But what about you? What about you? If today Jesus was to say your name, what would he, he identify in your life as a distraction? Maybe for the students, what should I be when I grow up? Um, how am I going to pay for all these things? You know, that, that same distraction are the parents' distraction. What are they going to be when they grow up? How are we going to pay for all these things? And in reality, just for all of us sitting in this room, Maybe this has crossed your mind in the last year or so. Are we going to go to war? Is that a distraction? Am I going to still have a job? What about the economy? What about health care? What about all these things? All those things can overwhelm us and become a huge distraction in our life. So how can we sit? And we're going to finish with this, so just bear with me. How can we sit at his feet? Because that's what he's calling us to do. 
Matter of fact, here's the, the, the irony of this. Unless you sit at his feet, you really can't love others well. I mean, you've got to have a proper altitude in order to adjust your attitude. Does that make sense? All right? Take that with you and tweet that out, whoever does Twitter. So here's some basic things we can do, and we'll finish up our time. Carve out time to pray and read Scripture. Make an appointment with Jesus on your calendar if you have to. Now, I know this is hard, especially if you have little kids. Here's a remedy. I got two words, or three. Duct tape and Benadryl, all right? In that order. (laughs) Or no, not in that order. Benadryl first, then the duct tape, all right? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm not suggesting that. We only tried that once. Um, We got in trouble for it, but no. Come to church. You've done that this morning. Good job. Serve in church with the right attitude. Now, these are all ways to try to avoid distractions. Dine with others. And what I mean by that is accountability is the key. Emma talked about get around some good people that are going to encourage you to walk the right direction. Uh, There is an app for that. (laughs) You know, your phone probably could actually be a good tool if you use it the right way in order for you to not be distracted because you can use it to listen to worship music. You can listen to the Bible on it. You can get download devotionals and podcasts and all kinds of things. Use it as a tool. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes, and the worship team is going to come. We're going to sing one song. We'll be done. Right now, I want you to check your attitude and your altitude. Maybe there's some necessary adjustments in order for you to choose the one thing that matters the most. I love what Pastor Brady shared when he was up here with the students about confessing with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, that they belong to Jesus. Because let's just be honest, that's the greatest gift that we can give you that is the gift that I'll keep on giving into eternity. It's the reason why we give students a Bible and not a gift card. Because his word lasts forever. So ch- checking your attitude, checking your altitude. I'm going to read this passage of scripture, then we're going to sing, we'll be done. This comes from Psalm 27. Starting at verse 4. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Isn't that a cool picture? Like, here's, here's, this, here's this picture of altitude. I'm sitting, I'm gazing, I'm at his feet, I'm gazing. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. And listen what happens to your altitude. It says, and then he will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his, in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Because he adjusts your altitude. And when he does It affects your attitude. It affects the way you see those around you. It affects the way you love those around you.
It affects the direction he has for your life. God, I pray this for my friends, for your church, for your people, for the young people and for the old. I pray for all of us in this land in between we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing today, if you need prayer, come forward and we would love to meet with you and pray.